नमस्कार हेलो एंड वेलकम टू पी गुरुज चैनल आई एम योर होस्ट श्री आयर पंडित सतीश कुमार शर्मा जी इज जॉइनिंग अस टुडे एंड वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट थ्री वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट थिंग्स दैट हैपन ओवर द पास्ट फ्यू डेज इन यूनाइटेड किंगडम पंडित जी नमस्कार एंड वेलकम टू पी गुरुज चैनल प्रणाम जी जय श्री राम अ प्लेजर टू बी हियर एंड आई एम लुकिंग फॉरवर्ड टू टॉकिंग अबाउट दिस in events they're um, quite extraordinary one or two of them are seismic in terms of their ramification so let's get um, let's get going absolutely pandit ji let's first start with jaggi vasudev's visit to london looks like he addressed the house of lords and uh, he created quite a stir in fact i heard that there was even a bike rally <laughs> the road show came to town shall we say um as you know sadguru Sad ji has a, a very large following outside of bharat as well as inside of bharat and in europe he has connected very well he he is very very good at reaching people where they are especially in the european christian world and so there were a lot of people looking forward to his um appearance here um we held a, a reception for him in the house of lords i was a uh, delighted to be able to spend some time there and uh, join them for dinner there but the intention of the the event was to launch this wonderful initiative that he has of saving the soil and so in the house of lords there was a gathering of the thought leaders as well as the people who are policy makers and who could make some sort of contribution towards a policy change he managed to really communicate with a great deal of skill and he he did move people emotionally they recognized the importance of his message and bought into it wholeheartedly so you know anything that we can do to um give more voice and to trumpet the message i think would be really welcome we want everybody to go to savesoil.org have a look at the initiatives and uh, let's uh, let's back him he's he he left london he's on his way already he left london yesterday on his motorcycle um with that classic trademark look of uh, uh the the black helmet but white flowing beard and mustache and uh, a powerful motorcycle underneath him so he's left the united kingdom on his 100 day odyssey taking in some 26 countries visiting all of their leaders and presenting to them very relatively easy options whereby the soil could be rejuvenated you know it's a stark fact that he was able to present that within 40 or 50 years we will have such depleted soil um the quality of food the volume of food will have reduced by 40% the population will be 9 billion and that's going to be a very difficult world to live in unless we do something about the soil so wonderful message wonderfully delivered and uh, we were delighted to be able to to launch his mission from here and we wish him the best of luck and uh, every success with that we can all do something about that uh pandit ji as a matter of fact i had a subject matter expert come on pee gurus to explain how to rejuvenate the soil and we'll be sure to leave that link in this hangout so those of you who are desirous to find out what exactly does it involve you can uh, go and look at that video Um, Panditji, on the second topic that I want to talk today, uh, the impact of Kashmir files—it's now beginning to quite cause a stir, and, and it's tugging at the people's conscience, especially those of us who kind of read it as a one line or two lines in the newspaper or saw something that Doordarshan had dished out. Um, now we are seeing the horrendous 
act that was committed. And, uh, you know, every guest that I have had on our channel has had some very, very difficult things to say. And, and they, they experience this firsthand. And, and how is it now playing out in United Kingdom? Because they were supporting JKLF for the longest time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I agree entirely with what you have said. Everybody who has seen it has been speechless at the end of it. Um, I had the honour and privilege of seeing the first um, showing screenings here in London with the Kashmiri Pandit community who I'm very close to and have been supporting and working with for a long time. And so we were in the hall together, but uh, after um, watching the performance and coming out, it was very difficult to speak for a good few minutes. And that was an emotion shared by everybody. There were members in that screening who were looking at scenes and you could see they were looking at their own homes, their own neighborhoods. There were incidents which happened to people who they were related to or people who they knew very closely. So it was a deeply, deeply emotional and, and still traumatic reliving for many people. Now we have here in the United Kingdom since it first launched, we've now increased the number of cinemas to 80 cinemas up and down the country, which for a, an Indian, uh, an independent sort of a movie is actually an incredible achievement. We have 80 screenings and they're showing multiple shows everywhere. The, the team at Z, um, especially a wonderful contact now, a gentleman called Jatinji, he has done great work in opening up more and more screens. The moment demand has come, calls have gone out, suddenly a new cinema is showing the, the, the movie. And so the momentum is still very much underway. People are still going to watch it. People are still going to see it two times, three times. We have lots of people who are now taking their non-Indian, non-Hindu friends to go and see it as well. So it's breaking out of the, um, the, the confines of being just a Indian community movie. I've only recently myself had a, a response back from the Jewish community and we're organizing private viewings for the Jewish community. There are a number of viewings which are for people who are policymakers organized as well. So the, the momentum hasn't uh, decreased. If anything, it's become settled. It's actually become stable. It's being sustained and interest is not waning. The impact has been remarkable from that point of view. One aspect which I think we were a little surprised about, but on reflection, we really didn't need to be surprised, is that there has been hardly any objection to the showing of this film at all. And I think that's probably attributable to Vivek Agnihotriji's mastery of what he presented. You know, the incidents that were shown are horrific and they're traumatic to watch, but they're a fraction of what really happened. The truth of what really happened nobody wants to really talk about and so nobody is challenging the movie because they know the moment they challenge it the response will be well okay let's now talk about the full horrors of what was done and that is not something that jklf and people who uh, are connected in any way shape or form with what happened in the valley want to have discussed and so it has been largely unchallenged it has been widely received and as I said, we're really hoping that it's going to break into the mainstream over the next few days. And we're hoping that it'll be taken into account by policymakers. That will be the result that we're looking for. A wonderful result. We've started the conversation. I'm not quite sure whether we will get to that stage. 
would be for the British government to give a formal rec recognition that this was a genocide. If we can get to that stage, then I think all of a sudden the whole dialogue changes and the film will have achieved something quite remarkable. So anybody who hasn't seen it in the United Kingdom or in Europe, where we're also helping support its uh, distribution and um, viewings are increasing, um, anybody who hasn't seen it, please go and see it. If you've seen it, take other people to see it. And let's really set the record straight on this uh, horrific, um, a horrific event in our shared history. Thank you very much, uh, Panditji. And now let's take a look at perhaps the most important part of today's Hangout, the Royal Heritage Visa. Those of you who may have watched The Crown on Netflix, you would have seen multiple instances where the royalty steps out of England and then talks to all the colonies, you know, spreads the word about. And if you've seen through a few seasons, and I have, it started out with the king, and then there is uh, the queen and the king, and then I think the sister of the queen during Lyndon Johnson's days. But interesting things happened on the recent visit of William and Kate to three Caribbean countries consisting of Belize, Jamaica, and I believe the Bahamas. And right. something very interesting <clears throat> happened. Satishji, can you kind of regale us with what has been happening? Some significant mm. stuff happened this time I heard. Yes, it's uh, again another one of those paradigm shifts that we're seeing at this time. You know, in the Christian tradition, they call this time the end of days. They translate the word apocalypse to mean the end of days. Whereas the real meaning of apocalypse is actually the end of lies. And so what we are seeing are so many stories which are actually untrue beginning to tumble. And one of those stories which has been, shall we say, nurtured and curated and carefully managed and protected is the story of British white Christian supremacy. And the monarchy and the Anglican church are fundamental pillars of that story. Now, what has happened recently over the last few years, I think it was to some degree triggered by um, the Oxford Students' Union debate with um, Dr. Thurur. What happened is it started the slow trickle of people starting to say, well, hang on a moment, we didn't know this history. The facts that had been presented at the Oxford Union were not widely known. And the initial reaction was to challenge it, reject it, uh, diminish it and so on, and try and sweep it under the carpet. But it's simmered along in the background. And you and I have had conversations about this. You will recall that um, I organized for um, uh, our respected um, Rajiv Malhotraji to do a presentation in the British Parliament on the subject of soft power reparations. You know, we're trying to look for a win-win scenario where Britain can confront its atrocious, horrific colonialist past in a positive manner, engage with its former colony, the jewel in the crown, and move beyond it to a much healthier position and genuine authentic relationships. Nothing came of that. Um, we've had other in attempts to, to deal with this issue. But what happened over the weekend was that Prince William and uh, the Duchess, uh, Kate, um, as she's fondly known, they were visiting the Caribbean and on all three islands they faced very public humiliation. And the humiliation was relatively small, but the manner in which it's been received, it really resonated. Similar to what's happening with the Kashmir Files. It's a small film, it's a few hours, it's low budget, and yet the magnitude of what has happened and how it's resonated is significant. It was exactly the same 
with the remarks that were made and the challenges that were made to them. They were um, openly, people were, were discussing how inappropriate it was in nations which are moving forward to being full republics, nations which have been talking about removing the monarch as the head of their state for some time, for Kate and William to appear and to expect to be treated as royalty. The, I think the, the height of the humiliation really was an open letter from the Jamaican people and the organizations who have been working to try and get the British government to recognize the impact of colonization, the impact of slavery, and to a large degree, to date, they haven't really been welcomed. Their approaches have not been received in any way, shape or form, um, consistent with what should have happened. So what um, the Jamaican organizations and people did is they issued an open letter. And the letter is remarkable in its tone and it's remarkable in the specific uh, language that's used. Um, you will notice first that it says, Dear William and Kate, it's addressed to them as individuals. There's no recognition or acknowledgement of their royal titles, etc. So it is a very straightforward, direct uh, letter to two individuals. And if I can just read for our viewers one or two small brief paragraphs which express yes, the sentiment. Thank you. So <laughs> the second paragraph says, we see no reason to celebrate 70 years of the ascension of your grandmother to the British throne because her leadership and that of her predecessors have perpetuated the greatest human rights tragedy in the history of humankind. Her ascension to the throne took place 14 years after the 1938 labor uprisings against inhuman working and living conditions, treatment of workers, the painful legacies of plantation slavery, which persist today. During her 70 years on the throne, your grandmother has done nothing to redress and atone for the suffering of our ancestors that took place during her reign and or during the entire period of British trafficking of Africans, enslavement, indentureship and colonialization. You know, the word, the use of the word trafficking is very, very noteworthy. It's a, a very powerful um, statement to be made. They continue. Um, we, we therefore will not participate in your Platinum Jubilee celebration. We will, however, celebrate 60 years of freedom from British colonial domination. We are saddened that more progress has not been made given the burden of our colonial inheritance. So you can see that this is not a, um, a request. This is not a petition to a higher royal authority requesting um, an opportunity for an audience or um, the beneficence of consideration of our issues. This is a statement. It's a very simple statement which says we do not acknowledge your authority anymore. Not only that, we are now on our journey, we have started the journey to demand and require you to recognize what you have done, to express remorse for it, to make restitution for it, reparations, and then we can reach reconciliation. There is a very direct paragraph addressed to Prince William. You who may one day lead the British monarchy 
are direct beneficiaries of the wealth accumulated by the royal family over centuries, including that stemming from the trafficking and enslavement of Africans. We urge you to start with an apology and recognition of the need for atonement and reparations. Because they are saying that we are enjoying 60 years of freedom, they then list 60 reasons to commemorate freedom, 60 reasons for the British royal family to acknowledge why they should apologize and why they should start the process of reparatory justice. So this is a, a major um, change in the, the way in which the monarchy from the United Kingdom has always been presented. You know, you and I have had many conversations that the, um, the Commonwealth and British wealth, if it was, um, shall we say, scrutinized from the point of view of um, proceeds of criminal activities, I think there is a piece of legislation which is used to seize the assets of drug traffickers and money launderers. If you were to have a look at British establishment wealth and the palaces of the monarchy, then you come to the same conclusion that that wealth was not acquired through trade. It was acquired through violence and human rights abuses. And then this thing called the Commonwealth was created as one of the most extraordinary mechanisms for covering up global colonial crimes against humanity. We've had this conversation on a number of occasions, and it's something that we're um, going to increasingly talk about. The position that has been presented by the Caribbean nations it's exactly the same as the position that Bharat is in. You know, we have already, I think the minimum that has been costed in terms of the economic harm to the Indic civilization is 45 trillion. I recall Dr. Swamiji has revisited all those calculations and updated it with a more fuller and equally well-researched figure, I think about 71 trillion. And so, you know, these are the issues that... Um, are going to be spoken about. And I really do wish that the British establishment recognises that actually the fault lies with the establishment. The British people themselves did not largely benefit from the proceeds of colonisation. This is what the tax havens were originally created for. There was so much wealth that it was so obscene they couldn't contain it within a small island like England, and so it had to be concealed offshore. The, the British working classes did not largely benefit from colonization. And so this is a, a conversation now which is, uh, is really going to start. And there is a, one additional aspect that they've introduced, which I've always felt was a fundamental part of colonialism. And that's to undo the, um, the scurrilous use of language. They, they talk about colonization as being caring colonialism. I think that's what Archbishop... Um, Rowan once called the, the, the colonialism in India, he said, was an example of caring colonialism. Whereas these Caribbean nations have really hit the nail on the head. They said it's slavery. Hmm. Right? Colonization was enslaving a whole nation in our, in, our, in our case. The whole of Bharat became a slave colony. All of the, the, the resources of that civilization became assets for the British to extract at will. And this is um, language which I think helps to clarify exactly what was done. And so this, I'm confident, is going to escalate the process whereby the British really do need to confront the activities that they engaged in 
And my real hope is that one of the benefits that will come out of this is that the British establishment will discard its arrogant, um, supercilious, stiff upper lip attitude and approach to everything. That's history. You know, the reality is known in most nations and Britain is not going to be welcomed unless it puts to rest the ghost of its colonial uh, atrocities. So we're reaching a, another pivotal moment in the history of human affairs. And I, I hope that um, we, we're, we're party to navigating it and that we can work through it for everyone's advantage and to the best interests of the people of Britain and indeed the, uh, the Bharatiya citizenry as well. So yes, extraordinary times, paradigm shifting um, changes everywhere. Uh, I really like the uh, the title that you've used, Royal Privilege Visa Withdrawn. You know, in this day and age, the left um, are always talking about privileges, aren't they? And uh, this privilege that the royals always had of being able to just pop up anywhere as though it was a royal privilege visa um, and not be questioned and not be held accountable. Certainly, I agree. It has been withdrawn, largely. And um, I'm confident that it's going to, this is going to be repeated elsewhere. A, uh, a new example has been established and set. A precedent now exists. And uh, I concur with your views. And I hope that something of that nature happens because that will be truly historic, especially when you look at the artificially created famine of Bengal. I mean, your blood really starts boiling. I mean, it's easy to say that Hitler murdered 6 million Jews. Yes, that's a fact. But how many of you have shined uh, a torchlight on what happened in Bengal? So, Sriji, you, you're talking about one incident and one famine. Um, yes. Learned scholars who have conducted um, research into the evidence, they have established that the loss to the Hindu civilization the Bharatiya civilization in the period of British colonial enslavement was in excess of 80 million lives. Can you imagine what that does to the fabric of uh, a nation? Imagine if the whole population of London was immediately eradicated and erased, right? We still wouldn't be at 80 million. Uh, take two or three of the top cities. 80 million is the documented figures. The consequential deaths that occurred afterwards as a result of the ongoing suffering, you know, we can add a significant percentage to it. It's the equivalent of probably three major cities in the United Kingdom just effectively erased and wiped out. These are figures that need to be reconciled, the figures that need to be acknowledged, accepted, and then um, some degree of uh, remorse uh, as well as restitution established. I think we're moving to a time where the choice of what's right and what's wrong. The framework within which this conversation is going to be conducted, the next step is for both of those to be taken out of the hands of the British establishment. In that letter, they mentioned that, um, sorry, they mentioned that David Cameron was given an opportunity to speak about, about this and he just said, well, let's just move on. Who is David Cameron to make that choice? Since when do the perpetrators of crimes get to choose the framework within which their crimes are to be judged. That's a privilege, isn't it? A colonialist yes. privilege. And that too is, I think, um, it has a limited amount of time and credibility left. Thank you very much, Panditji. And viewers, please, as always, like, share and subscribe 
to our channel and do not forget to click on the bell button for notifications. Fully one in two of you who watch our videos are still not subscribed and we would really, really appreciate it if you could. Thanks once again, Panditji, for sparing your time at such short notice and Namaskar. Ji, Namaskar, Jai Shri Ram to you and honoring my promise to Sadhguruji, um, save soil everybody savesoil.org. Please visit it, please join in and support the movement. Jai Shri Ram. Jai Shri Ram.